أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد باب استحباب سجود الشكر عند حصول نعمة ظاهرة أو اندفاع بلية ظاهرة The chapter regarding the uh, uh, recommendation of making the sajda of shukr or the prostration uh, the prostration of shukr um, when uh, of, of thankfulness and gratitude to Allah when a person receives a blessing uh, 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 a, 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 a great blessing or uh, a person has warded off from them a great calamity so um, this chapter we read it without reference to the the fiqh of the issue some of the some of the imams they say that this is a sunnah some of them say it's not to have a sajda separated from separated from the salat as a mustaqil form of worship it is considered such in the shafi'i madhab and this is why uh, this is why uh, Nawawi brings it here um, but we're you know you can learn the fiqh of it in the fiqh there so if your mufti sahab beats you down for doing it uh, and you say well Mulana Hamza said so the point is the spiritual aspect not necessarily the legal aspect of it um, and you'll see that uh, nowadays the sajjad shukr is like among desis and whatever or like even Arabs for that matter it seems to be reserved to like scoring points in professional sporting matches uh, <laughs> cricket matches and soccer Salah and whatever uh, you know uh, uh, types of types of sporting events but uh, uh, you'll see the, the the example is like nothing short of remarkable that nobody brings uh, for the such as shukur عن سيدنا سعد بن أبي وقاسم رضي الله تعالى عنه قال خرجنا مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من مكة نريد المدينة فلما كنا قريبا من قريبا من عزوزاء عزوزاء نزل ثم رفع يديه فدعا الله ساعة ثم خر ساجدا فمكث طويلا ثم قام فرفع يديه ساعة ثم خر ساجدا فعله ثلاثا قال إني سألت ربي وشفعت لأمتي فأعطاني الثلث أمتي فخررت ساجدا لربي شكرا ثم رفعت رأسي فسألت ربي لأمتي فأعطاني ثلث أمتي فخررت ساجدا لربي شكرا ثم رفعت رأسي فسألت ربي لأمتي فأعطاني الثلث الثلث الآخرة الآخرة فخررت ساجدا لربي رواه أبو داود. The chapter regarding the is the chapter regarding the the prostration of thankfulness. Sayyid Saad bin Abi Waqas رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates uh, that we uh, went out with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from Makkah Mukarramah uh, 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 toward, uh, toward Medina uh, Al-Munawwara. So when we, uh, 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 when we uh, reached a, a place called uh, uh, Azuza, uh, which is, uh, 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 it's, it's not it's it's not that far from from Makkah Mukarramah, um, so that when we uh, 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 reached uh, Azuza, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam stopped, and he made he made du'a for a uh, for a long amount of time.
uh, he raised his hand and he made a dua for some some amount of time and uh, uh, then afterward he uh, fell in prostration and he stayed in prostration for a long amount of time then uh, 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 he stood again and he raised his hands to the heavens uh, 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 likewise and then he uh, fell prost in, in prostration uh, again and he did this uh, repeated this three times uh, and then uh, he told us he said I asked my Lord and I interceded for my ummah and he gave me he promised me a third of my ummah uh, uh, that the interior intercession will be accepted for a third of the ummah which is a a thuluthu a thuluthu a this is actually another hadith narrated by Sayyidina Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas that uh, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas who came to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it's a hadith like in the front half of the Riyadh al-Salihin some of the first chapters that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he came to him and said I'm going to give everything uh, everything I own for the sake of Allah so there were those who the Prophet sallallahu would accept uh, from the, not, the only one I know of is Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq actually radiallahu anhu and you know maybe there's someone else I but that's the only name that comes to mind then there's the one who the Prophet accepted half from he came to give everything and he accepted half from him said Umar radiallahu anhu and then he asked he, so, so Saad bin Abi Waqas says I want to give the whole uh, my, give everything I have for charity he says keep some of it you know for your own needs and for your family uh, uh, and then he says, he says, uh, he says, I want to give half. He says, keep some, uh, etc. He reduces him down, and then he says, how much should I give then? He says, give a third. A third is a lot. Uh, so that's the the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One of the one of the 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 uh, things he's doing here is his shafaqa and his uh, kindness to the people, the ummah, that he doesn't want to overburden them. Uh, because nowadays we're like happy if somebody. You know, if we can fleece somebody completely, the idea that we have is as long as someone wants to give, then, you know, if they give, that's their problem. I'll just keep taking. And sometimes we damage our most important relationships because the fact that someone's willing to give to you, it means that that's a very valuable person. But it doesn't mean that they should give everything they have to you or that you should take so much from them that you compromise their 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 uh, well-being. Uh, and so the Messenger of Allah, Allah says, give a third. A third is a lot. But look at the, that's the standard of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa when it comes to Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas giving. The same Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas is narrating this hadith that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa made dua for some time and, and, uh, and then he fell uh, uh, in prostration and he said that I, 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 I asked my Lord and I made uh, intercession. I interceded Afwan for my ummah and so he gave me a third of my ummah. Uh, it says a third of your ummah, you can intercede for them. The ones that go to Jahannam, you can, you can pull them out, you can pay, bail them out. And then what did the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu proceed to do? That he made even more dua, uh, and then he went into sajda again. Uh, 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 he, he said that I made dua, and then I went into sajda. Um, he, I was given a third of my ummah, and I went into sajda out of thankfulness, out of gratitude to my Lord. Then he stood up from the, the sajda of gratitude. This is also the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa his ma'rifah of Allah Ta'ala, that he knew how to ask, that uh, if you're thankful, then I'll increase you. So he showed thanks to Allah Ta'ala, and then he asked for more. Uh, it's not just that like, oh, like nebulous, like, oh, you know, maybe this will work out somehow or another. No, uh, he, he, he actually made, he, he actually, uh, he actually made, he had ihtisab that the azid annakum, that I'll increase you is a real thing. And he asked for it. Uh, uh, and so he kept making dua. And then when he was, uh, Allah Ta'ala gave him 
the intuition through wahi that uh, that this dua is asked uh, is answered and so uh, the second third of the ummah is given then he did it again a third time so if he made out with one third one third is a lot and if he made out with two thirds that's even more uh, but the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam did something that we don't do nowadays we don't leave people behind uh, that we leave people behind and he didn't leave people behind sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, so uh, uh, knowing who the ummah is being shown uh, in the Isra and Mi'raj which was obviously before the Hijra and this, is, this story is obviously after the Hijra um, that uh, uh, he, you know, he was shown the ahwal of the ummah what kind of people would be in it but uh, if you say La ilaha illallah you made friends with Allah and if you'd say Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then you made friends with the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and neither Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam leave their people behind they don't leave their, they don't leave their friends behind uh, and so, uh, what happens is that he then makes uh, shafa'a for the for the for the last third, and uh, makes du'a. And when Allah gives it to him, then he uh, made such a such a shukr again uh, to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And this is again, I mentioned this in, in weeks past that the uh, uh, the shafa'a of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is something that uh, uh, we spoke about uh, in Minneapolis, I think, two weeks ago. And it's something that I, I wish to, inshallah, re-present, uh, re inshallah, uh, in the coming weeks here uh, as well. Uh, so there are a number of hadith with regards to that. But this is the Sajjah Shukr of the Prophet It's not for scoring a six on the cricket field or, you know, uh, scoring a goal or whatever. And that's wonderful, that's fine. The, I mean, the, they worship Allah Ta'ala too. And Allah Ta'ala didn't create them as rahmatul lil alameen. He created them to like kick a ball at a net or something like that. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, when they do good at what they do, and just like, uh, you know, like any one of God's creation, uh, everyone has a, a need for the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That's fine. But this is the, the sajda chukr of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. These are things that you should ask for. Because the dua, dua mukhul ibadah, the dua is the, the core of, of, of worship. And this seems to be the season in which a lot of people are coming and going from Umrah. Uh, actually, mashallah, uh, like I mentioned from before, there are a number of people who attend this majlis and they're, that, they're at Umrah right now. And so what is Umrah and what is Hajj? The Tawaf, uh, which is the most sacred part of both Hajj and Umrah, uh, all you do is, is, is what? Is Dua. The Masunnah is to do Dua. You see people walking around reading Dua books or people walking around reading Quran. First of all, you're not supposed to be reading Quran at that time. Uh, uh, the second thing is this, is that the, the Dua you're supposed to make, you're supposed to make from, from the heart. Uh, our elders say that, that, that a person should, there's khair in reading the Masnoon Duas as well that come from the Prophet Wasallam. A person should also ask for their own needs and they should ask in their own words as well. And if you're a pious and a righteous person, Allah Ta'ala will inspire you to ask for the thing you need at that time. Uh, um, why? Because that's your manifestation of slavehood. So even from our from our elders, from our Mashaikh Sayyid Hussein Ahmed Madani Rahimullah Ta'ala, uh, despite having taught the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu and the message of the Prophet Sallallahu in Ottoman times uh, for 16 years and uh, later on uh, having made jihad fi sabilillah in order to drive the British out of uh, the Indian subcontinent and have been victorious and successful by Allah's fadl. He was a, a person who held uh, a position in the Indian Parliament, and was a, uh, you know there, there's a postage stamp you know uh, for him and things like that. He's a person of some importance over there, uh, um, and then at the same time, despite his political position, still teaching uh, in the Darul Uh those who I met from our elders who are alive who who met him, 
Um, uh, 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 not only those who are alive, even Hazrat Sheikh Zakaria, who was a bit younger than him, but who also passed away quite some time ago. He taught the he made Khatam Sahih Bukhari in the the Mazahir al Ulum in Saharanpur over forty times. So imagine a person who read taught Bukhari from cover to cover with Mutala with 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 pre- preparation forty times. He knows Bukhari like it was back of his hand. So he says about Hazrat Madani is that he he's he said I used to hate the company of human beings except for three people. Uh, one is my uncle Mulana Ilyas, the founder of Tabli, Rahimullah Taala. Uh, uh, the second is Mawlana uh, uh, Hussein Ahmed Madani, and the third is is uh, 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 this Mawlana Shah Abdul Qadir Raipuri, the Sheikh of my Sheikh, Rahimahullah. Allah Ta'ala give them a high maqam. You read about all those people, uh, read Mawlana uh, Zakaria's autobiography. I know you Arabs, like you don't uh, believe that anybody, you know, any anybody, uh, you know, in the subcontinent or whose Ajami has deen or whatever, but read the books, mashallah. You'll read their ahwal and like, iman will enter your heart. You know, so uh, 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 so he he mentions this Hazrat Sheikh Zakaria, who's also like old school Sheikh from the Indian subcontinent, right? He mentions that Hazrat Madani, who's despite being this like world top class alim, who actually lived in Arabia for a great portion of his life, probably majority of his 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 youth, um, he lived in Arabia, and he came back to the Indian subcontinent uh, later on to teach at the request of uh, of the of the Mashaykh. Um because he spent his childhood in, in, in India, in the village, and then he studied, and then he went to Ottoman Medina, and then he came back uh, decades later. Um, that, that when he would finish his tahajjud, he would make dua to Allah Ta'ala in their like, like village dialect. He said it was such a village dialect, I would hear him weeping, and he's making dua and weeping, and I didn't understand anything he was saying. You know, to you guys, it sounds like we all have the same language, but there are different languages and there's different sub languages and like one village to another doesn't understand their their language. And sometimes even in the same village, the people from different castes actually speak their own different languages in the same village. So they don't understand each other's uh, languages are, are, are unintelligible to one another. And a person like learns to code switch depending on what what uh, uh, you know what context they're in but the point of the story is what is that the dua is what it's a, you're showing Allah Ta'ala your slavehood and this is a question that comes up in Aqidah a lot which is if Allah already knows everything is going to happen anyway and it only happens through his enabling it to happen and it only happens through his qudra and his irada his desire for things to happen Allah Ta'ala doesn't desire for you uh, you don't desire anything except for Allah desires for you to desire it etc then what's the point of all of this and the, the question of why uh, is a question of like, you know, the, the, the carpenter understands the answer to that question in a way the table will never understand. So put it to the side for a second. Knowing that this is the system, if you believe in the book of Allah Ta'ala, knowing that this is a system, whether you like it or not, right? Then it makes sense what the kalam of the Sufis is, that, that the, fact that you're, the, the fact that you're asking is a sign that you're going to be given. So a person's like, well, why should I ask? Allah already knows, and he's going to give what he's going to give anyway, which is, a, which is a good question. There's really no point in you asking, in the sense that you're asking doesn't create anything, it doesn't make anything happen, Allah doesn't need it, etc., etc. But also what a person fails to recognize in asking that question, 
It's like firstborn child syndrome. You know, like firstborn child always resents the other children because they're like, mommy and baba and me were fine until you guys came along. What they don't understand is that they're the first parasite, you know, but they identify with the colonizer. They identify with the regime. You know what I mean? So the same thing. You're asking this question like, well, what's the point of me asking? And the fact is that there's no point in you asking. It's just as well to Allah Ta'ala that you don't ask, which is a sifa of who the people were created for the hellfire. If you want to say you're a slave of Allah Ta'ala, you should show it somehow. So the fact that you're asking is a sign that inshallah Allah will give you. There's always a possibility there's some like long arc plot that it's like a way of you setting yourself up for failure and whatever. But that's only like cream of the crop, like shaitan, iblis, like Fir'aun, like Hitler type people that have that much arrogance that, that even their asking is itself a mockery of, of ibadah. That person, if they're asking with sincerity, this is generally a, a sign that you're going to receive. So the Prophet ﷺ used to do that. He used to show his, he used to show his ubudiyah. He used to show his slavehood to Allah Taala, even though all the, the stamp was already sealed that he's going to Jannah. Uh, but he he was, he he would show it, and that's why the the dua and the the manasik, right? So you said you said the tawaf is the most sacred part. Someone's gonna say, well, the Hajj Arafah and the Ahlul Hadith say that it's the most sacred part is Arafah. Okay, khalas, it's Arafah. What are you doing during Arafah as well? You also make dua the whole day. So uh, 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 the point is Rasulullah did it and uh, he uh, through it he fulfilled his needs from the Lord Jalla wa'ala and the sajda shukr is for that. Coming back to what the, what the point is, is fine. Okay, we said that soccer players and cricket players, you know, it's fine if they make sajda shukr, I guess, for their whatever. But even they have something more important to ask for than soccer goals and, uh, you know, hitting six shots or whatever, right? Which is what? It's the same need that all of us have, which is the need, need of najat on the Day of Judgment uh, for ourselves and for the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the need of hidayah and the need of guidance and the need of all of these things. So people should ask for those things. They're worth more than money. Otherwise, mashallah, you know, even a person who's relatively cynical like myself, uh, we sit at home and we're lazy and we don't do anything. But then those odd days that we end up making it to majlis and ma- making it to, to, to zikr and making it to dars, then for a minute, iman enters into your heart and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. And uh, at that point, what you what some people fail to realize is that there's, mashallah, all of these kuffar and munafiqeen and uh, colonial governments and, and Zionist occupations and communists and uh, uh, capitalists and all these other, you know, crazy, ajib, like, shaitanic, like, creation of Allah Ta'ala that have so much power vested in their hand. And they wasted all their time killing people for money. If they knew what the value of this is, they would come and steal it from us. They would jack us. We would be completely defenseless. Uh, but Allah Ta'ala blinded them. Allah Ta'ala protected us uh, and protected our iman by blinding them to the value of this thing so that we can keep it, alhamdulillah. It's in the hirz and aman of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, uh, so a person should, a person should uh, uh, value that and keep asking for that. All the money and this and that. There's nobody, umam and dabatan, illa ala Allahi rizquha. Uh, uh, there's no, there's no creature in the earth except for Allah Taala. takes the responsibility of feeding and clothing uh, and and giving provision to that, to that, to that, that creation. But these are the things that we should ask for, along with asking for the other things. So if you want to ask for your Tesla and this and that, uh, I as a Hamza may may make fun of you, but it's it's fine. You know, there's no, as far as Dean is concerned, there's no objection to it, except for what? Except for, uh, uh, you know, you should know that there's something more valuable and more important to ask for. Uh, after which, uh, you know, uh, um, one of our one of our mashaykh, uh, I, I guess I could say his name. He's like someone local over here as well. 
but uh, I don't know if I have permission to share, but he shared the story with me that one, one businessman who was impressed with one of his khutubat or darses or something like that, he went out of the blue called him and said, I'm going to go to the Burj al-Arab. You know, the Burj al-Arab in Dubai is a hotel that's like $10,000 a night to stay in. It's probably more, it's probably that much like back in the day. Right. If you, they make you show your passport just to go into the lobby. If you're from one of the like deplorable countries like our forefathers come from, they won't even let you in, period, unless you get a, get a room. Uh, and so he said that uh, this guy's like, you know, he said, I'm going for a business trip. I'm staying at the Burj Arab. Why don't you come with me? So he flew me, he said he flew me business class with him. And uh, the room is unlike any, any room you've seen. It's actually like a, like, a, like a full apartment. He said, there's a butler. He says, you walk in, the butler will take your shoes and polish them and put them in a box and then ask you what, if you want to eat anything. He knows how to cook everything. So if you ask him for an orange juice, he's not going to go get orange juice from the kitchen. He's going to take a knife, cut an orange, and like squeeze it right there for you. Like that type of service, you know. So he says that, 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 that we, were, we were staying there. And at the dinner table, there's a long dinner table. We're shouting at each other. You know, it's like kind of like a aristocratic type dinner table. We're shouting at each other. And he says that the guy shouted at me. He said, Alhamdulillah, I worked so hard in my life and went through so many difficulties. And Alhamdulillah Ta'ala finally gave me this, uh, you know, this like this risk and this security in my risk and in my business. And that I can enjoy these things now finally, you know, after putting so much into it. And so the Sheikh, he laughed at him. And he says, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, I didn't waste a day on any of these things. And Allah Ta'ala made you to give it to me for free. <laughs> he said that the, the, the expression on his face changed and he just finished his dinner. <laughs> if you want to ask, you know, ask, ask for something worth asking for. The fact that you're asking for anything is a good sign, Alhamdulillah. But if you're going to ask and asking is free. Then, then you know, ask for something good. By the way, one of the things I wanted to, I wanted to before we continue. So that's the bab regarding the sajjad shukr. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention is that uh, an announcement is that we're gonna inshallah hold salat al-tarawih here inshallah. It's not gonna be like a public announcement. You know, I'm not gonna like super try to max this place out. We're probably gonna get kicked out. But whoever comes to Dars is welcome to come, inshallah, as long as they observe the etiquette, don't chit-chat outside and freak out our neighbors and whatever, get us kicked out of the thing. Um, there are two local hafaz, mashallah, both brothers who have taught hifs before, so their hifs is very solid. They're not going to win an award for like an operatic performance, but that's not what the Qur'an was revealed for anyway. So uh, anyone who wants to attend Salat al-Taraweeh without... Uh, you know, uh, 20 hours of fundraising. We pray Allah Ta'ala fulfill the needs of all of our uh, all of our uh, local institutions, inshallah. Uh, and we don't fault them for, for whatever necessary fundraising that they have to do. But whoever doesn't want to live to uh, figure out how necessary uh, or not the daily bombardment of fundraising and fist fights and all the other traditional uh, Ramadan, most wonderful time of the year things are, they're welcome to come inshallah and then afterward we're going to have uh, daily, we're going to hold zikr and have majlis, the Ramadan majlis that we that I've been holding in my basement for the last two years inshallah, we'll hold it then afterward so whoever wishes to come wishes to come, if you want to invite your friends that's fine, but just, uh, you know uh, it's not it's not a public it's not like a it's not like a, a um, it's not a it's not a twitter announcement but b it's for the people who are going to benefit so just don't bring like your 
random cousins and ammos were gonna show up and then bounce after eight and then like you know like uh, you know come with your wudu from home because there's only one bathroom people were gonna come have adab they're not gonna like come and be like oh you know what is this zikr and what is this you know talk afterward and how come they're doing this how come... if they're not comfortable here we're not here to like enforce anything if it was the masjid i would have been a bit more discreet but this is like not a this is this is a, a khanqa is a different type of place uh, so the people who you know would be with the you know in sync with the with the with the adab of this uh, of this gathering, inshallah, they're more than welcome to come, inshallah. Babu Fadli Qiyam al-Layl. There's a chapter regarding the virtue of of praying in the night. Um, this is a this is a long chapter. We're not going to finish it today. We may not even finish it next week. Um, and the first thing that that saddens me is it's a long chapter in the book. But it's not a very long chapter in our lives. Um, even though, uh, even though it's there's no serious attempt at spirituality, uh, whether the different turuq or no tariqah at all uh, be, between the Arab, Arab and Arab and the Ajam, uh, that it was ever taken seriously without a person waking up for the waking up and praying in the night or praying at some part of the night. The expression Qiyamul Layl is more general than Tahajjud. Tahajjud is the, 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 the Qiyamul Layl is a general word which encompasses all of those nafal salawat that a person prays uh, um, between Isha and between the break of dawn. And Tahajjud is the, that Qiyamul Layl that a person prays, uh, uh, that Qiyamul Layl that a person prays in the last part of the night and, and and specifically that they rest before they wake up for again, and it is the best the best of uh, qiyams, uh, and it is uh, Rasul Sayyidina Umar radiAllahu anhu who was the first one who congregated the Salatul Taraweeh after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did so for three days. Uh, he's the one who recongregated it uh, through his ijtihad that it's no longer possible for it to be made farth, which is the reason the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam disbanded the Salatul Taraweeh. Um, that said, Umar radiallahu anhu, he made the comment that how wonderful is this gathering, and the thing that you sleep through is more is is more virtuous than the the thing that you uh, that you stood for, and he's that that's ishara toward tahajjud, that, that it was his opinion expressed there that the tahajjud also has more virtue and more blessing in it than the than the the salat taraweeh, and maybe the fuqaha have some discussion about this. Forget about that. Um, uh, you know, from you know, from the mashaykh and the fuqaha, they're the ones. They're they're the ones who say that just coming to asr for jama'ah is more virtuous than coming for taraweeh to jama'ah. And many people, I think, are a little uh, hesitant to say that because oftentimes when you say things like that, you demotivate people. So they're not going to come for asr anyway, <laughs> and they're just going to stop coming for taraweeh. So this is not a open majlis. So you should know. You should know that you're going to get more. Sp- benefit in barakah and coming into your five daily prayers don't let that be a, a reason for you to drop anything but let that motivate you to uh, add to the stack uh, uh, because the the, the far prayer in congregation is um, is 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 where you're going to get your maximum mileage from and one of the one of the I mean the thing that people say about the far prayer that everybody kind of fixates on is like it's 30 some odd Darajat or stations higher than the far the prayer person prays alone, um, which is wonderful. It's great. One of the other one of the other uh, one of the other reasons uh, for the, the the benefit of the far the prayer in congregation is that uh, uh, Allah, if He accepts from one, He accepts from all of them. So there's like a synergistic like effect 
uh, of people praying together that, um, you know, that everyone brings a piece of the prayer together. This is actually a comment of who, it's a comment of uh, Abu Madian al-Ghawth, uh, the great sheikh uh, uh, from, 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 the, from the Western lands. Um, he, he mentions this. He mentions that, that uh, uh, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that there's someone who only gets half of their prayer, there's someone who only gets uh, a third, someone who only gets a quarter, and all the way down to, he mentions someone, they only receive a tenth of the prayer. Why? Because they're whatever reason they're not focusing, they don't perform certain things properly, etc. Um, and so he, his ishara that he picks from this is that the congregation, when it gets together, even if you're only getting a tenth, if there's ten of you, you know, between you, there's a whole prayer, and if Allah accepts from one, He accepts from everybody. Obviously, this is not a fiqhi pronouncement, you know what I mean? But it's the, the spiritual insight and the intuition of those people that generations of ulama have borne witness to their, uh, uh, borne witness to their, uh, you know, to their maqam and to the insights of the things that they, they used to say. Um, and so if you don't want to accept it, that's fine. But uh, the point is, is that if Allah accepts this is something, a concept that, that, that is part of the sunnah, that if Allah accepts from one, He accepts from everybody. Uh, and so that's that. But khair, the, 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 before we digress slightly, um, the point was that the tahajjud is, uh, is it's, it's very important. Imam Junaid, rahimahullah ta'ala, who was a tawus al-tariqah, he was the... He was a peacock of the spiritual path, meaning a, a man of many graces and beauty, uh, in his in in his uh, in his like spiritual excellence and his spiritual maqam. They say the people who used to sit in his majlis, uh, uh, all of them were the awliya of Allah Taala uh, because of the intensity of the benefit of his majlis. Uh, he 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 was seen by his disciples after his death, um, and he was asked what happened. He says, "My Lord, forgave me." And he says he was. He said that in all of our fine talk that we used to say, it amounted to very little. And the only thing that benefited benefited us was rukayat uh, uh, or uh, however you know. I paraphrase it that rukayat is, is it means what some small rakaat. It's the diminutive form, some small uh, some small rakaat that we used to pray in the night, and it's hard. And that's why you. That's a good thing though because that's why you know it's going to be rewarded so well. That nobody wants to get up. So if you do get up, it's a sign of it's a sign of uh, uh, sincerity, and the fact that nobody else sees you is also a sign of sincerity. The only person who's going to see you is what your mother or your wife, and they're not impressed with anything you do ever anyway. <laughs> you know, your husband m might be impressed, uh, your father might be impressed, your mother and wife are. If they're anything, like, hey, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to mention any personal things, but some people's mothers and some people's wives are not super impressed with things that they do. That's a blessing as well because the, the, that's the few, you know, your brothers and sisters, your siblings. Islam, inshallah, obviously there's exceptions to all of these things, right? But generally speaking, you're close, closer your relatives are. You know, even if you were a pious person, they still wouldn't be impressed. There's a really funny story of the Shah Abu Hassan al-Kharqani, rahimahullah ta'ala, who is, uh, uh, whose name comes in the silsa, the shajara of the Naqshbandis. If I feel like I'm in a good mood someday after, other than today, I'll tell you a very funny story about his wife's lack of impress, uh, lack of being impressed with his, with his, uh, his, his otherwise, uh, amazing station with Allah ta'ala, but, uh, uh, and for those of you, mashallah, if, if we have some brothers and sisters who listen here or online that are somewhat inclined to the Salafi methodology, Allah Ta'ala give you luck with, with give you tawfiq with that. Uh, and I mean it with sincerity. 
inshallah. There's no, there's the idea of loving the way of the Salaf is not in any way, shape, or form objectionable, even though we may have some very rigorous disagreements with how that ends up being implemented, but we have no problem with the, with the, with the sentiment, and we feel like we have that sentiment as well, or at least we ask Allah to give us a tawfiq from it. For those of you who want to know about Shabul Hasul Kharqani, he's the Sheikh of the, uh, 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 of the Sheikh Islam. Uh, Abdullah al-Ansari al-Harawi or is the sheikh or the disciple I forget uh, who is the author of the Manazil Sa'irin the Manazil Sa'irin is the, the book that uh, 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 Ibn, Ibn al-Qayyim wrote the Madarj al-Salikin in commentary on and uh, in those days what's now Afghanistan used to be a major center of the Hanbali Madhab so uh, Abdullah al-Harawi al-Ansari he had the laqab, he has a laqab with the Hanabila of Shaykh al-Islam. Herat is, Herat is, interestingly enough, it's actually like very close to the village of Chisht. <laughs> it's like, it's, Chisht is like in the, in the, in the, in the district of Herat. And uh, 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 the, much of what we call Sufism nowadays, it comes from those Hanabila, actually. Uh, um, and uh, 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 Abdul Ansari is a person who, uh, mashallah, he was very much. He was very much. Uh, uh, he was very much in his uh, views on aqida and his views of on on fiqh and things like that. He was very much in line with with that uh, uh, that that mode of thinking. But he's also just uh, uh, you know he's uh, he's he's mashallah, His name is on the shajar of the Sufis as well, which gives us some indication that all these things are not khurafat people made up later on. But there is an asl uh, with our aslaf about these things. The story is very funny. I'll tell you some other time, inshallah, if you. If you're nice to me. It's from the from the night. Uh 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 which is really interesting. This is that uh, uh um from the from the night make tahajjud which literally means to leave hujud it means to make effort in order to leave your sleep there are a number of words like this in arabic where the intense form of the word actually ends up meaning the opposite so like uh, you know what the word azib means no 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 azib is azib is like a bachelor oh yeah right yeah yeah right so, so uh, uh, there was in Medina Munawwara, I was with one of my asatiza. I mean, these are people who have like, been teaching the Hidayah for like several decades. So they, it's not like they don't know Arabic, but at the same time, it's like, you know, engaging the language through like legal texts and through literature rather than through everyday life. Uh, uh, so much, at least. So we were in Medina Munawwara and there was a building on the side, the spray painted a sign. It says, Ghuraf lil Uzzab. The like rooms for for uh, for uh, uh, bachelors, right? Like you know, you want to share an apartment or what? You get a roommate, right? So, uh, 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 but the 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 zai was written not well, so. He's like, what is this? Ghuraf lil adab? You know, <laughs> like torture, like rooms for torture or whatever. And so, and so, Sheikh obviously he knew, he knew sarf and things like that. The word adab, ta'zib, ta'zib, what does it literally mean? It doesn't literally mean torture. Right? What does, what does the, the root mean, right? Hadha, hadha adbun furatun wa hadha minhun ujaj. 
right? This is this one. It means sweetness, actually. So the water, the mountain adb is like sweet water. It's not salty or brackish. It's like it's it's nice to drink, right? So what does ta'adib mean when you make it into the taf'il form? It means salb salb It means taking the sweetness away. Okay, it means what? Is it taking the sweetness away? Generally, it doesn't work like that. Generally, the taf'il form is a more intense form of the of the mujarrad rather than the opposite of it, right? So, uh, 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 you know, like uh, for example, wafaqa uh, um, uh, 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 means for one thing to be in accordance to another. Tawfiq is to make something in accordance to the other, right? It's to but, right, but here it flips on its head. The azb is 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 uh, uh, is what azb is. is Sweetness and ta'adib is to take it away, take to take the sweetness away, um, and so here that's what the hajjud is that that, that you're str- struggling to leave your hujud, your 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 sleep at that time. This is important. You guys should know this stuff about Arabic. You guys should know that it'll make you actually understand your language better, right? You should know these things. Like for example, what does murid mean? Yeah, yeah, right. To want something, right? So the that's actually that's actually someone came to the whatever the Qutbul Irshad, Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, one of the two co-founders of Deoband. In Alim came to him and said, "I want I want to take bay'ah with you. I want to become your murid." And the Sheikh says, "You don't even know what the word murid means." And he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, "Tell me what does it mean?" So he says, "To desire something." He says, "You don't know what it means. Go away." He says, "If you don't even know what the word means, then how can you become it?" And so the Sheikh uh, the, the, came back to. The, the the scholar came back to the sheikh, both of them are sheikhs. He came back to him like some time later. He says, Sheikh, now I know what it means to be murid. He says, What does it mean? It means salbul irada. It means to what? It doesn't mean to desire. It means to dis, that you destroy your own desire, and the desire of another comes over you, right? Uh, but and that's deep, right? Yeah. Right? Because everyone wants to be murid because of what they want, and that's why all the murids are useless and annoying. Right? They are, aren't they? Because they don't even know what the word murid means. Yeah. So, uh, not that I know or anything, but like I'm just saying, like the, the, these are things that are, that are worth knowing. So, the tahajjud is the salb of the, so the, uh, the, the, it has the salb of the meaning of the mujarrad, the istark al hujud. Fatahajjad bihi, yani utruk al hujuda, wattahajjudu tark al hujud lis salati kataathum, right? Taathum, just like taathum means to. Uh, uh, leave ithum. At any rate, so fatahajjad bihi nafila. So from the from the night, leave your sleep uh, uh, and 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 pray your pray pray your tahajjud prayer nafila uh, talak as an extra for you on top of what your the obligation Allah Taala has placed upon you. Asa an mahmuda. Asa in the general language means it's possible, but here. Uh, 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 this is a usul in tafsir that whenever asa is used and la'alla is used, uh, they, they, they don't mean taraji. With us, asa is asa. If I said asa, maybe Allah will give you a high maqam. It's like me, like in so many words, expressing a hope that Allah gives you a high station, right? But if Allah hopes something, that means it's already happened. So whenever Asa la'alla, these things come in, in, in the Qur'an, taraji, uh, 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 the, the, it means that it's definite. It's, it's, it's ta'kid, it's definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? You pray tahajjud uh, uh, as some extra salat for you, and indeed your, your Lord will, uh, uh, um, 
will 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 give you a a high station. I'm sorry, a praiseworthy station. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ And the description of, uh, 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 of the believers يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ That those are the people that they Their, 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 their sides will leave from their, uh, uh, from their uh, places of sleep And they will call upon their Lord in fear and in hope uh, uh, And they're the ones who spend from uh, 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 they're the ones who spend from uh, that which their uh, Lord gave them in pr- provision, uh, 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 and uh, in Surah Al the believers are described as that they're the ones who sleep little in the night, and this is something we've mentioned from before because a person's like, look, you know, I have to sleep. You, you know, if you don't sleep properly, you'll kill yourself. You'll literally destroy, uh, 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 destroy your, your life. Mashallah, Dr. Sabin is here. He'll tell you all about cortisol and stress and all these things and whatever. And that's real. You know, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to do anything? How are you going to earn a livelihood? How are you going to, uh, you know, pray your tarawih? How are you going to do any of those things if you don't get any sleep and you're constantly, you know, you're in stress? You're gonna f- how are you going to do good akhlaq if you don't get sleep? You're going to be fighting with everybody. On top of that, you can't eat or drink anything, so you get hangry uh, at everybody or whatever. There's a way of doing all these things, right? Uh, that a person, once they pray Salat al-Isha, if you go straight to sleep, the sleep that you get between Isha and, uh, 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 and, and midnight, um, that's like the best sleep that you can get. Right? That's the, the same Shaykh Zakaria, rahimahullah ta'ala. He passed away in Medina Munawwara, uh, uh, and he's buried in the Baqi'ah. And in the last part of his night, that's, that, that was his, several attendants of his, they, they, they mentioned that that was his routine, that he would go home, go street, sleep straight after Isha, and that he would wake up uh, 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 in order to do all of his, all of his adhkar. And so there's the, the, the adhan for, for Fajr, according to the other madhahib, other than the Hanafi madhahib, the adhan starts in the last sixth of the night, so his custom was to sleep right after Isha, and that his foot should cr- have crossed the threshold of the masjid before the, the, the adhan in the last six of the night is called, so he can, you know, do all of his things in the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ that he wants to. Now, uh, you know, people are like, well, I have this to do and that to do. So it's per- permissible, go go, eat at your local Hafsa certified uh, halal restaurant and go visit your family and your cousins and laugh and have fun and you know check your facebook and your twitter you'll probably catch me doing it as well uh uh, do all of those fun things you know because it's permissible but for whoever makes them happy to uh, be like our aslaf then um you know uh you know it's going to cost you what it's going to cost you that the whatever thing you do after salat al-isha and uh if it's more valuable to you than then being like our slaf, then go ahead and do it. And if it's not, then leave it. Uh, because it's not worth having, it's not worth sacrificing for, it's not worth having anyway. And uh, that's a decision we should make. But the dumb, the dumbest course of action is to what? To sacrifice it without without having deliberated and made that decision deliberately and owning up to that decision. Because you're going to definitely own up to the consequences of it. And I'm not, who am I to like, who am I to lecture anybody with regards to these things. I, I try I try I try to like wind everything down after Isha and go to sleep. And uh, 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 you know, those of you who have met me 
uh, um, while traveling or like, you know, Khalil, you were in, in D.C. We talked at the Hawaii over there in Maryland, right? You know, I get snippy with people. I say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go out, out to dinner with people. I don't want to this, that, and the other thing. Why? Just because I, I want to, uh, you know, I want to try doing these things. And then everyone's like, oh, is this the akhlaq of the Prophet? Some, oh, look, he thinks he's a big sheikh and he's this and he's that. And all I'm trying to do is go to sleep. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and it, 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 you know, still, you know, it doesn't happen because I'm weak sauce. I'm weak sauce, Moldy. You want to know who's a, you know, you want to know who's a real Moldy? Go see Malana Hashim. Everyone's like, oh, look, you're this, you're Lamar, all crazy. Malana Hashim is Masha. He's he's like Najat Tarafain. At one time, Najat Tarafain is the one who's like Hassani from one side and Husseini from the other. But now I mean it in this context. He's a full-blooded white man, both from his mother and his father's side. Mashallah. Uh, 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 he, uh, 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 he, he went and studied in the old days with the old Mashaikh, the ones that we tell the stories about but we never met. And, uh, uh, the, man, the world could be burning down. He's not going to talk to anybody between Isha and between like the time the sun rises. The world could burn down. He doesn't care. There was a, one of his one of the brothers who was his attendant in America. He said someone like came and I'm going to leave Islam and I'm going to this and I'm that. He's like just just tell him tell him that he can talk to me tomorrow. And uh, he's like, no, but this guy's really wigging out and freaking out. He says, I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to you. You know, I've been waiting for someone like you. I need to talk to you. I don't know if I'm going to study. He says, just tell him I have an appointment. Who's the appointment with Khalil? It's with the Rabb, right? Tabarak wa ta'ala. That's the akhlaq of the Anbiya alayhi musalam. That the miqat, Sayyidina Musa went to the miqat of Allah ta'ala. So these are the ulama rabbaniyun of this ummah. That's how they look at it and it's serious to them. You know, nowadays for us, it's all dawah, 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 dawah. You know, don't pray in public because, you know, dawah. You know, people are going to look at you, you know, acting like a raghead in public and they're going to hate Islam because of it or whatever, right? And what's the best da'wah? If you don't if you don't give a damn about your own values, if you don't give a damn about your own deen, why the hell should they? So uh, at any rate, uh, 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 that's that's the that that's that's that. That these are these are those people who who do that. So don't. The point of mentioning this kind of small aside is what is don't think that you're going to be able to like superman it. You're going to. You're going to socialize, still go to, go to sleep at 11.30, still go to sleep at midnight, still go to sleep at 12.15, um, and still wake up for tahajjud and still go to work and still... What happens? We have, mashallah, people who, are, who do that, and they are like... Uh, they are the... Uh, uh, they are a very specific class of murids, not the ones that destroyed their own irada, but the ones that are doing this through their own irada, rather than having their own irada destroyed and having the irada of Allah Ta'ala come over them. So what will happen if you do this necessarily? You do this, keep it up for a week, two weeks, two months, three months. Then you're going to start to resent your work. Then you're going to start to resent other people. Then you're going to say, oh, everyone is messed up. Everyone is this. Everyone is that. Then on your Facebook page, you're going to start writing tirades against everybody. Then you're going to be resentful against the, the ummah. Then you're going to eventually burn out when you realize the ulama are not as resentful as you are. Then they're all going to become sellouts. It's not a good psychology. It's not a good path to go down. Uh, there's a way of doing it. And one more plug, mashallah, is this is why we need to have institutions like Khanqa, mashallah. You need to have a Zawiyah, you need to have a Ribat, you need to have whatever you want to call it in your language. You need to have a Tekke or a, a Dargah or whatever you want to call it. You have to have, you have, to have these places. Why? Because where else are you going to be able to learn how to do Tahajjud? Or are you going to, you're going to put your phone down. 
admit it, there's like a rush, mashallah. You write, write a dumb joke. I do it too. Don't, I'm not better than you. I'm worse than you. Not only am I worse than you, I should know better. So I'm like double, four times as worse than you. Like square proportionality. You write something dumb, it's funny. And then everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And they tweet and they re-like it. And they say, it's a rush. You get a little dopamine rush. And you're like, oh, look, you know, I'm cool now. I was a loser in high school. But like now, finally, I'm getting some respect, right? Who's going to put Who's gonna put that down? It's because I got it, you know, it's like, you know, it's nice. The miqat of the Rabb Tabarak wa Ta'ala is fine, mashallah, because, you know, Mir and Alawi showed up. So because of their, like, spiritual hal, um, everybody else is, like, feeling real, like, you know, Rabbani right now. And then and then afterward, uh, 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 you know, afterward you go home and then you become who you usually are. That's how that's how life works, right? So the Khanqa is great because people like Mir and Alawi are there all the time anyway. And if you fall out the, the bottom end, there's usually some very, very angry and mean person that the sheikh purposely keeps at the khanqa to make sure that like, things don't become too stupid. Uh, and that you do go, either go to sleep or you're going to be humiliated in front of everyone and kicked out. Uh, 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 and those are, those, those are great. That's what real tasawwuf is, mashallah. Uh, uh, is the, the, the person who comes in and doesn't follow the rules and then they get thrown out. And then they go to the sheikh and say, is this the akhlaq of the Prophet sallam? And the sheikh's like, get out of here. Go, go, go to... <laughs> IFS is that way and like the Albanian is that way and you know Masjid Hiran Wooddale is that, that way and MSI is if you want MSI if you live out west you can go to MSI just go please for the sake of Allah go right uh, you have to have these institutions so you can learn how to do these things generations of people can learn how to do these things because until then it's like uh, uh, you know reading a, reading a book about you know just because you watch like MMA fights a day and night doesn't make you into Habib does it you know what I mean you need to have a, a place to practice uh, otherwise you're going to do it the wrong way وأن سيدتنا عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقوم من الليل حتى تتفطر قدماه فقلت له لما تصنع هذا يا رسول الله وقد غفر لك ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر قال أفلا أكون عبدا شكورا حديث متفق, حديث متفق عليه and it's a very famous it's a, it's a it's 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 a very uh, a famous uh, hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that said Aisha radiallahu anha ummul mu'minin again his wife and again a person who who uh, loved the Prophet ﷺ loved the Prophet ﷺ but because of the nature of the relationship between a husband and a wife was also at times very informal with, with, with him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And because she was so young, I mean, people make this whole thing about the age of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha into such a big deal, uh, you know, because of whatever, because they're afraid that Bill at work is going to like look down on them or whatever. And I could give less a damn about what Bill thinks uh, in general, uh, at least about my deen. Uh, I'm not going to be rude to Bill. But at the same time, I'm not going to like base my self-worth on what he thinks about my deen, uh, uh, given that he probably, you know, takes the cough syrup uh, 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 to help him sleep at night. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, <coughs> so, <laughs> and grandpa's cough syrup. Uh, uh, so, sad but true. Sad but true. Tales of American Islam. Sad but true. So, what happens, say the Aisha radiallahu anha, think about this, okay? She's his wife, radiallahu anha. So everybody treats her with like a massive amount of respect. 
and she is the person who the Prophet from, even amongst the Azwaj Mutaharat, everyone in Medina knows the Prophet loves to be with her so much and treats her with such kindness that if they want a favor, they'll ask on the day that, that, that she's with him because they know he'll be in an extra, extra spirited mood. Okay? And she is what? She, how old is she when Rasulullah passes away? She's a teenager. She's like 18. Okay? So like a 17-year-old girl who can walk around the entire city and no one will say a crooked word to. Okay? Is she, is she going to... Is she going to like toe the party line? Or is she just going to say what she wants to say? She's going to say what she wants to say, right? After Rasulullah wasallam passes away, nobody, including Sayyidina Umar who will ever, if she says something, no one will ever say anything to her. She will publicly uh, uh, dissent with, with, with even Sayyidina Umar's like, uh, عنه, whose opinion, so who after him is, is she going to be afraid to dissent with? Despite all of those things, she never mentioned anything, anything negative except for anything with any uh, tone except for love for the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And if you think that Muslims are, have cooked the books with regards to hadith, you haven't heard, read hadith. There's a lot of weird and interesting hadiths about people, their fights with each other, their things they've said, said about each other, fabrications, this, that. There's no even fabrications from Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha that give any, any uh, uh, resentment about, uh, about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is, this is the type of thing, maybe another person wouldn't even have the guts to ask the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but this is, she observes him day in and day out. Uh, um, and the, the space was so small, that uh, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would make sajda, she'd have to pull her feet back. And then when he would get up for qiyam again, she'd stretch her feet out again and sleep. And then like when it's about to be fajr time, he'd be like, Aisha, Aisha, get up, you should pray too. You know, so that's how, that's how, uh, 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 how uh, I guess, uh, firsthand the experiences and how uh, you know, how much lack of takalluf there is in, 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 in this in this question and in this answer. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, she said, Radiallahu Anha, uh, uh, he, used to st- he used to stand in prayer uh, uh, at night until his feet would crack. His two feet would crack. Uh, 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 and you, you know, people, they go to Hajj and Umrah, they get these things, you know, they get their heels will crack, their, my big toe cracks. Uh, I don't know, you'll notice that for some time it's difficult for me even to put my foot up when I'm sitting in, in my right foot when I'm sitting in, in Jalsa because the, the toe cracks from a certain place becomes very painful at times. And in, in the heat, it, that pain becomes even more. Uh, uh, so Rasulullah he imagined this is the messenger of Allah his pain, other people hurts them to see like, you know, uh, that, 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 that painful thing. They're, they're okay coping with it themselves. But they, uh, when when they see when they see him, it hurts them even more. So she asked, like you know, this question that he used to stand until his feet cracks. He says, "Ya Rasulullah, why do you do this uh, uh, when you know Allah Taala has has forgiven you with whatever may have come in the past and whatever m- may come in the future?" And the tafsir of this is what anything that you feel bad about. It's not a sin because the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam doesn't do sins uh, in that sense. Uh, in fact, it's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's one of the balaghat of the muwatta. He says that I don't forget. Rather, there are certain places in which Allah causes me to forget so I can show the sunnah of what to do when you forget. 
Otherwise, I, I, I personally don't forget. It's like a, it's like a divine intervention. These type, types of things happen. Like this is a story about Sayyidina Musa Sam that the Banu Israel uh, made up stories that he, you know, he used to, has so so much hayat. He'd be covered all the time. His head would be covered, or topian, unlike some of our. Anyway, you know, khair. Yeah. So follow the Sunnah of Sayyidina Musa, not the 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 the, the fakers. That claim his name and kicked you guys out of your land. Uh, uh, yeah, so he 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 would be covered all the time, uh, uh, and very little of his body would be exposed. So someone spread a someone one of the haters spread a rumor that oh he must be hideously deformed or have scars or something's wrong with him. That's why he's hiding something from us. So the 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 you know so what happens one day Allah Taala uh, he made the the stone that he put his clothes on when he went went to bathe get up and start moving. So he started chasing it with. All he has is his staff in his hand, and he has no clothes on. He's chasing it, trying to get it so that nobody will see his aura. Imagine that a Nabi saw some for his aura to be exposed. It's a dishonor. But Allah Ta'ala wanted to show Banu Israel, you know, he's fit, he's cut, he's a very handsome guy. He's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with him at all. It's wrong, it's wrong with you guys, you guys are haters. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with him at all. Uh, so th those types of things. The Prophet Sallallahu so th there's one occasion in which, uh, for example, they all sleep through, sleep through Fajr, or uh, you know things like that, so even those are not sins. That one might say that that's what is being mentioned. That's not. That's not what. Those are not sins. Even he says uh, with tasrih, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that this is a divine intervention. This is not my. It's it's not something. It's something that there's no way for me to get around this. Uh, otherwise, this is not my mistake that that that's happening. Uh, so the sins are what, doing something good and then feeling bad afterward that I could have done better. That's something we do that sometimes we beat up on ourselves, even though sometimes we do the best, we really do an excellent job given the circumstances. We beat ourselves up, I could have done this, I could have done that, I could have whatever, I could have done something. Even though you did a really good job, mashallah, and there's really no way in the, at the time and place you could have done anything better. Even those types of things, Allah Ta'ala is giving tasalli to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that, you know, even those things, don't worry about them. They're already, the ones that happen and the ones that will happen, they're all covered. So the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replies to Sayyidina Aisha's question of why do you, why do you stand until your feet crack uh, uh, in prayer? He says, Afala akunu abdan shakuran, that shall I not be a, 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 a grateful a grateful slave? And that ties in with something we talked about from before with regards to the Sajjad Shukr. One said, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and the Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Tarakahu Fatimata Laylan Fakala, Allah to Salliyan. Uh, 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 so before that uh, 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 so he narrates the same a similar wording that a similar question uh, was asked to the Prophet ﷺ at a different occasion and he gave a similar answer. So this is a hadith from Sayyidina Ali anhu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's the Prophet's son-in-law, right? And Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha is the bid'atu jasadir rasuli sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that she was like a, a piece of him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his daughter that he loved so much. So he came to visit his daughter and his son-in-law one, one day. And he asked them, uh, don't you, don't you, don't, you know, he came to them one night and asked, don't you, don't you, don't you all pray? Don't you all wake up and pray in the night, which is, uh, uh, which is, which is amazing because uh, that's what he wanted for his, 
his family as well. Otherwise, the Messenger of Allah his dua is narrated in, in, in Bukhari. Nonetheless, Allah maj'al quta ali Muhammad, uh, rizqa ali Muhammadin qutan. Oh Allah, make the, the rizq of the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Qutiyani ma yusaddu bihi ramq. Just enough to stave off hunger. Which is fine. You have a plan to be a doctor. Abdul Prophet's dua is like uh, against you becoming a baller. What are you going to do about it? My suggestion is you should give a lot of money in sadaqah. That way you can stay a doctor and still like pay your bills and things like that. Uh, uh, and avoid like the catastrophe or other weird things that will come about in order to make that happen. Right? A person wonders at some point or another, why does the, why does the, why does the, uh, the, the, the Banu Fatima not hold the caliphate in their hands? If one of them wanted to be Khalifa, I'd, I'd, I'd vote for him. I'd take Bayah with them, you know, as long as he's not like partying in Paris or whatever, or like w- weird things that a couple of contenders are doing nowadays. Allah Ta'ala give them Hidayah. Mm-hmm. I'd vote for them. I have no, I have no re- but reason not to. But it's possible. In hindsight, you can say these things about the future. Allah knows best. But maybe Allah Ta'ala saved the family of the Prophet from all of those things that the rulers do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Banu Hashim received the caliphate. Banu Abbas is from Banu Hashim. As-Safah. Uh, Abu Jafar Mansour. These people were like homicidal maniacs. They were cra- they were some crazy people. They killed a lot of people, and they didn't just kill them in battle. Like they treacherously, they would give people safe passage, and then that's and they did dirty. They did people dirty one after the other after the other until they 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 uh, got to the throne. And what's the point of establishing justice in the land? And could people say, okay, we're going to do it once we become rulers. We're going to make everything better, right? What's the point? Even if you do that, that's a trick. That's a, that, that's the weird, like, shaitanic, like, uh, what you call um, Judas-like uh, 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 type whispering. Because it never works out that way. But even if it did, what's the point of you establishing justice in the land and then everybody else goes to Jannah because of your wonderful thing that you established and you go to the hellfire? Uh, so this is, but this is the, the concern of the Prophet ﷺ for his... For his children, he wasn't training them that one day this is going to happen and this is how you take over the caliphate. They seem to be not as concerned about that, in fact. In fact, much of the persecution of the family of the Prophet is because those people who wanted the caliphate, they're like, you know what, the Muslims would rather make them khalifa. So these are like where our threat is from, like active, active like threat management as a precaution. What was the Prophet concern for his family, first of all? Is what, don't you, don't you people wake up and pray? Uh, and that's why, that's why the khilafa, the khilafa of the Ottomans has fallen, but the khilafa of the tariqa is still there. And who does it come through? It comes through Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. People will say, well, what about the Naqshbandis, right? They're, they're shajaras to Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, right? So Abu Bakr Siddiq, and then Salman al-Farsi radiallahu anhu, and then Al-Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr, and then Jafar al-Sadiq. It's still through Sayyidina Ali. So Jahr Sadiq is the great grandson of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. But this is just a shorter chain, so it's easier to write on the on the paper. It's the family of the Prophet that all of these things are transmitted. And uh, you know, if you think that like mashallah the Ottoman Empire is impressive, wait till you see the Akhirah. Well the Akhirah to Akbaru Darajatin Akbaru Tahdila. Uh, uh, and Allah Ta'ala reward the Ottomans as well. I didn't mean that to degrade them in any way, shape, or form. Mashallah. Everybody, anyone who knows me knows that. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's what that that's what his concern was. So, you know, Mir, you're gonna wake up your kids and like make them pray to Hajjud, right? We live in a time nowadays. I see, I see this. It, it, it freaks me out, man. There'll be f- first saf musallis five times a day in the masjid. They'll never miss. 
Miss, Miss Fudger. I'll be like, dude, you have like a 16-year-old son. Where is he? Does he even pray? I have to go to school. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you win a little bit, but you fail so much. You're like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, okay. that's the prophet also means that the alim is harsher on shaitan than a thousand worshippers. Wallahu alam. Khair. Inshallah, we've exhausted our time. Sallallahu ta'ala wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.